0: Hello and welcome to episode number six of the Take One podcast from All Sociology. My name's Ben and today it's an episode of the podcast that's going to be all about common mistakes that students make. Now it's an extra special podcast today because uh, contrary to popular belief, I do actually have at least one friend (laughs) in the world and uh, she's here with me today. It's one of my favourite people and I've got with me Leanne.
1: Hi, Leanne. <laughs> Hello. Hello.
0: Uh, Leanne is also a sociology teacher. She teaches at another school uh, close by to me in, uh, in the east of England. And we thought it would be quite fun uh, slash interesting to have another voice on this and to also offer a different opinion because, despite what I may think, I can be wrong sometimes. So... Um, <laughs> little introduction, first of all, hope everyone's alright, hope everyone's doing okay. We are so nearly at Christmas now, and we've literally got, I don't know, how long have you got left? How many more days have you got to go?
1: I've only got to teach for another two days.
0: Two days? Yeah,
1: finish on Monday, so that's all
0: good. Right, I've got to go to Thursday, so I now feel really, really annoyed <laughs> at that, but hey-ho, what day are you coming back?
1: Uh, 3rd of January. Alright,
0: that makes sense, because we're back on the 6th, so... No, we are
1: back on the 6th, that's when I return from my holiday, 3rd of January.
0: Right, okay, so <laughs> you're going confusing. on holiday, and... <laughs> Where are you going?
1: Austria Are you going
0: skiing, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm not going on holiday because I haven't got any money, uh, so <laughs> we know who's getting paid better out of us too. Anyways, I'm going to stop banging on about stuff. I just want to say really quickly, um, just well done to everyone who's got through this first term. A lot of you have taken A-levels for the first time. You've done sociology for the first time. Well done. You are so nearly there. It's that literal last push now, okay? So, uh, enough of that from me. Um, we've got drinks today. Always we have a drink. with a podcast. I've gone... Well, I haven't gone for this. I've been... Really kindly bought a bottle of fizzy water uh, from Leanne. And Leanne, what you got there? I've got
1: a cup of tea.
0: Do you have sugar in your tea? No, I'm just
1: sweet enough.
0: She is sweet enough already, <laughs> so she doesn't need sugar in her tea. I've just dropped the bloody bottle top. Okay, not a good start. Nonetheless. Um, Okay, so common mistakes that students make. I've been thinking about this a little while, actually, and I've just marked a whole load of essays, and one of the things that's cropped up for me, and this is particularly at A-level, but it also does feature at GCSEs as well, it's when a student is writing a paragraph in response to an essay, and they are just not making their arguments work hard enough because they're cutting them short. So what I mean by this is someone will write a really nice point, and they'll say something in relation to the... question that's been asked of them they'll even then throw in a bit of evidence they might use some key terms oh my gosh they've used some examples and then they stop or (laughs) more commonly they write a criticism which is great but the thing that really really bugs me and I know it bugs you as well Mm -hmm. is where students are not adding in their analysis they're not explaining why they've included something and what the relevance of that is in relation to that question and when people do this what you are doing is you're showing knowledge that's great but you are missing out on those application, AO2 and analysis points for AO3. And especially at A level, We've got broadly sort of similar weightings of those uh, key skills, and you are missing out on some of those AO3 marks. So please, 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 when you write a paragraph, follow that Peel structure. I really don't like Peel. I wouldn't write in it my way if I had my own way. but it's something that gets people the marks. And that's why the examiners always talk about students writing in a chain of reasoning. reasoning. That's it, we know it, but apparently half of my students uh, don't and half the exam uh, answers I read online don't know that either. So when you're writing a paragraph don't try and squeeze in loads and loads of sociologists. There's no point, you've kind of got your knowledge marks by that point already. What you want to do is explain, in my opinion, one bit of evidence really really well yep. and then potentially go into a criticism to show that you have a full understanding of that, you've talked about it, you've given examples and you've explained what it is you mean and why it's relevant to the question. So every time I see a student write in the same paragraph, they've written about one, they're talking about something else, then they go on to write another sociologist and I'm like, no, 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 don't write about another sociologist unless you've fully explained what the first person said in the first place. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I think that's a
1: really good comment. And also, when we're thinking about the Peel structure, you mentioned about jumping into criticisms, but what I often find can help with analysis is if they look at strengths before Criticisms mm, because that picks up analysis marks as well by looking at what it highlights, what it creates an awareness of, and then moving on to criticisms.
0: Mm. You know, like I find it kind of weird. Uh, by the way, if you are feeling that this podcast has got a slightly different sound, it's because I'm actually in a classroom at the moment, <laughs> I'm in Leanne's classroom, and it's a little bit echoey. Uh, normally, I do this sat on my bed. Do you know why I do it sat on the bed? No. It's because the sound doesn't reverberate around the room. And That's I've got a good like word. some yeah, it's good in it. Yeah. Soft stuff in the room. And also I'm lazy. Um <laughs> so two reasons why I do it. So it might be a little bit echoey today. But I was just going to say like analysis is a word that I think students don't really understand.
1: Yeah.
0: Now what it means to me is like fully explaining something yeah. and going and looking at little bits of it and it, and kind of like Dissecting that yeah. argument.
1: Unpacking concepts, unpacking arguments, making sure that you take more than one step to explain a point. And it's something that students with time constraints don't tend to do very well because mm. they're so concerned about getting the um, answer finished that they don't take the time to really fully explain the trend, the pattern, the idea, the yeah. theory. So
0: yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so that's the first one from me. Leanne's right. going to rock in with one now. I'm
1: going to go four um, in essays, but also with the ten markers in the A-level question um, that feature on paper one, two, and three, there are ten markers where you have to use the item, and students, time and time again, do not use the item. With a ten marker... You will only get up to three marks out of 10 if you don't use the item. And so what I say to my students is signpost that you've used and taken a hook from that item. So your first sentence should start item A states or item B states and take the hook. And don't waste time writing out a massive hook. Like don't. Copy chunks of the item because they're not going to give you marks for stuff that they have given you there will be two to three hidden hooks in there where you hook onto it and you explain it and it again goes back to the peel paragraph where you make the point you explain it you develop it and you look at that chain of reasoning and develop the analysis before you evaluate so using not using the item is one of the things that really annoys me when i do the 10 markers
0: and it's application as well, isn't it? It's yeah. application from that item. So when we think about, like Liam was just talking there about those ten marker, analyze uh, from the item using the item yeah. analyze two. If you only you if you don't use any of them, you ain't going to get above three points. And that's yeah. only if you write a really really good ten marker. Yeah. If you use one of the hooks in the item, it's up to seven. Is that's that right? That's right. Yep. So, up to seven. so basically, if you don't use two things from the item then you're not going to get anywhere near top marks. You have to draw on the item. And this, I said this to, is year 12 or year 13? I don't know. I don't know what day it is today. I don't know which classes i taught. But I said to one of my classes the other day, like, you, you have to be really explicit doing that. Yeah. Because it's all about thinking on your feet like you are not going to know what's in that item you are going to have to get in that exam and then look for those clues it's like a little treasure hunt isn't it
1: that is yeah it's a good way of thinking about it actually i often say to my kids when we when we're practicing these questions to look at the question cover the item up and predict what you think are going to be the hooks Mm. so you're actively looking for that information so, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a really good one. All right, cool. Um, oh, am I going to go for that one? Yeah. we've Sorry, we've written them down on a bit of paper. Uh, We're really organised with this one. Um, I'm going to go for... Okay, so back in the day, these the listeners to this podcast, the age demographic of them is somewhere between 18 to 24, apparently, because I've right. got these profiles. So some of you might get the reference that back in 2001... Dr. Dre said, no, Eminem, gosh, I'm so old. Eminem said, forget about Dre. Now, my next point is students forgetting about theory. Now, Leanne might well talk about something like on the other side of this potentially later on, but I'm going to say that in pretty much, not every essay, but in a lot of them, there will be an opportunity for you to include theory in there somewhere. It doesn't mean that you're always going to have to write theory, but what I'd say is like, Often I've set essays for homework for uh, year 12 and year 13 and they'll come back to me with an unfinished essay and I'll say, well, why didn't you like, why have you only got two paragraphs and a conclusion? And the answer will be, I didn't know what to write about. And I keep thinking, well actually there are, I don't know, we've just done a question on uh, like family diversity and for, to not include theory in something like that is just yeah. absolutely criminal isn't it? Um, you know." Thinking of your basics, your Marxist, functionalism, feminism, even your postmodernism, personal life at uh, year 12 and 13, you almost always will be able to include some of that, even if it's in just a sentence in relation to uh, something you've written about. So, you know, including a mm-hmm. sentence. Postmodernists might suggest that this is good or negative because feminists wouldn't like this, because the new right would very much uh, be in support of this argument, because. And then you're actually building a little yeah. extra chain into your chain of reasoning.
1: I think that sometimes it's a good way of revising. If you have all the um, theories written out on cards and then just pose different questions and try to guess what would the new right perspective be on this, what would the feminist perspective be on it. And also going to um, not just um, family and education, crime and beliefs, but also looking at the methods questions. I always tell my kids, if a, a theory question or a methods question, should I say, comes up, always have your theory paragraph first. So tell them what the method is and then explain if positivists like the method. Method, or if um, inter- interpretivists like it. So I always say, start with theory with a methods question. Why
0: would you say that? I agree with you. I think
1: there's more concepts that they can get in and there's more points to pick up. There's more analysis marks there. So you can say, okay, well, positivists would favor X method because, and then link it to patterns and trends, social laws being discovered. Mm-hmm. And Objectivity objectivity and representativeness Mm -hmm. and reliability. So, I think those are the key concepts that the examiners are going to want to see. So, why not get them in when you're full of energy at the very beginning of an essay?
0: That's a really good point, actually. I mean, like I say this a lot, actually, particularly to GCSE students, because I've marked for the GCSE. Have you marked for A level before? A level, yeah. You've marked A level, I've marked GCSE. And I said to a lot of my students that make sure that you set the tone when you write that, that essay. So I've had some research, it's kind of weird, actually that students are writing their weakest paragraph first because they want to get it out of the way. Mm. I'm like, no, write the strongest one first, set yeah. the tone, mm-hmm. let the examiner know how and good you are and how, <coughs> how much well, there, there you go, a bit there of you Goffman. Go. It? Yeah, it is, but yeah, right. I'm just double checking my knowledge. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. I, I've only been teaching for, a, I can get away with this, I've only been teaching for four or five years. Uh, How long have you been teaching Twelve four? years. Twelve years. Um, and we're the same age, aren't we? We are. So, yeah, what have I been doing in my life? Not much, <laughs> clearly. Um, right, okay, excellent. So, next one. What are we doing? Well, let's go talk for? about.
1: Um, The 70-30 rule. So this doesn't apply to all essays, so I'm just going to get it out there. But it applies to most of the essays. And what I tend to do is tell my kids that whatever question comes up, 70% of your information that you put on that essay should be about the question that's being asked. So, for instance, if you have, on education, um, using the material from the item and your knowledge, um, evaluate the... um, differences in class and achievement are significantly down to or as a result of inside factors, 70% of your essay should be inside factors. Only 30% should be the alternative. So when we plan essays we do say four paragraphs, peel paragraphs, four whatever is in the question and then one paragraph at the end which is against the question. And it's really important that the 30% isn't just a standalone alternative Mm. um, outside factors. It's actually getting a comparison back to inside factors. So what do external factors look at that perhaps is missing from internal factors? Or even better, how do external factors impact internal factors? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think
0: that's brilliant because again you're showing the analysis there and that would be what analysis is you're not just simply recounting knowledge this is a material factor this happens at home this can affect this you're linking those material, sorry the internal factors and the external factors together and you might be bringing in things like cultural versus material you might be weighing up the strengths and uh, how you know how great those factors are in relation to underachievement or whatever the question is so again with that what you're doing is you're adding in that analysis all the time aren't you
1: so the seventy thirty rule, but like I said, it doesn't work for every um, question. So for instance, Mick questions, I wouldn't accept. You know, necessarily say that you do seventy thirty. I think it's much more of a balanced. Mm. Um, Just for the
0: uninitiated, Mick.
1: Methods in context.
0: Methods in context. I call it MIC, personally.
1: MIC? Sounds
0: special. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Made in Chelsea, as some kids thought it was. No, oh, was not yes. a question on Made in Chelsea in the exam. And similarly, we were doing, uh, what we were we doing the other day? We were doing like, um, like dingbats. Do you know what dingbats Yes. Um, yeah, so they... like little pictures that are yeah, supposed to communicate that, right? something. I had someone who was really good at them, and she uh. was like so happy. And I had to say, I had to bring her down a pic or two, and I said, <laughs> I'm really sorry, you're going to be gutted. There is none of these on the exam. It's all essays and writing. So ace it. No pictures, unfortunately, but there we go. Um, what can I talk about now? Right, I'm going to go for, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, we're, we're looking at something, and it says, not answering the question. <coughs>
1: Excuse me. It's
0: right. it's winter, we've both got colds. Yeah. Um, not answering the question. Right, so I call this pen puking. Oh, lush. Uh, yeah, no, it's nice, and I've got all the phrases, me. Uh, this is when a student... Gets a question, probably a tw- you know it could be a twenty, it could be a ten, it could be a thirty, and they panic. They either do not read the question and look what it's asking for. They don't look at those kind of command words. They don't look at the key points in it. They're not picking out stuff from the item. And as a result, what they do is they panic and they just write anything they can. It's a bit like I call it pen puking because it's a bit like being sick. You can't like sort of stop where you're going, or you can't like um, you can't just you know just. The reason I've just kind of lost my train (laughs) of thought is someone walked into the room. doesn't happen at home, uh, but there you go. Um, What do I expect? We're in a school. It's it's 4.30. You've got some seriously motivated students uh, to be here at this time. Where was it? You're not answering the question. So don't just slap down anything you know, because you're you're going to get the knowledge, yeah, but you are going to miss out on that application. You have not linked it to the question. And if you're just throwing ideas out there left, right and centre, that is not good impression management. Would you agree, Leanne? I
1: would say that's exactly what I wouldn't advise, yeah. Yeah.
0: So... Mate, I will always advocate this, and I know students don't do it. Mm. I know I didn't do it when yeah. I was at A level. Um, but spending a minute or two, yeah. making going, a plan, making a little plan, reading that question, mm. taking a you know a pen to underline those hooks, and thinking about where you're going, because if you don't know where you're going, it really really shows, and yeah. it doesn't make you look particularly good. Very few people can do that and like link it in. Uh, I would assume that most people can't. So please, please, please answer the question that you were given.
1: It's also making sure that you answer the questions that you've been taught. So I have had students before answer (laughs) Culture and Identity and come out and say, you know, that that exam was incredibly difficult. It's like, well, yeah, because... You've answered the wrong question. So making sure that you are familiar with the paper, the format, making sure that mm. you understand that it's in a booklet form, and that if you've studied families and households, then you better turn ch- turn to families and households, and not start answering questions that you haven't been taught.
0: Absolutely, and I think just on that, because I said this to my, I've done, I, I done an F in that very sort of South African, I did a lesson <laughs> this, I did a lesson this week on ten markers. It was boring. But I said to... Um, I talked. boring. To, it was boring, I'm not going to lie. It was really boring. But I got the paper out and I said to the students, like, look, you have to find, and paper two, you have to find what it is you're doing. And if you decide that just because the... What is it called? Culture and identity? I think
1: it's culture It's and culture and, and identity.
0: Is. Neither <laughs> of us teach that. So um, don't, don't do those ones. Uh, unless, of course, your school does it. In which case, do them. We accept no responsibility for yeah. you being an yeah. idiot in your exam. Um, do the flipping topics you talk about. And don't be tempted, irrespective of how like nice looking I was about to call this question sexy how nice looking those <laughs> questions might be like for how instance the ones that talk to you be. about socialisation and all, yeah. all this kind of stuff you oh I know about that no you don't you know about it you don't it, know I'm, enough about you it. don't know anywhere near enough about it And <laughs> in the nicest possible way those media questions like some of them might look really nice and think oh I know a little bit about media I can talk about the telly and I do media studies and oh, I do film studies don't do it because you'll screw it I nearly swore then you'll screw it up <laughs> uh, get carried yeah, away yeah I know I get excited Passion. It? I get, you're passionate I exactly. like that one uh, so please 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 answer the sections that you've been taught for my students that will be uh, families and households and beliefs in society that's on paper too every other paper you answer all the questions that's right isn't it yep yeah good, good. right
1: my turn now I think I'm going to talk about time management so um, the rule is I think I'm writing saying one and a half times a mark is what they spend on a question so, Smile and
0: nod if you don't know what she's <laughs> talking about. Ben smiling and nodding. So for
1: a ten marker, you'd spend fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Good. If you'd so, explained it like that, I'd oh, have gone. Yeah, beg your yeah. Baby pardon, baby your no, pardon. I right. <laughs> only
1: gonna, teach for a living. I'm, yeah, all
0: right. I know, and I've not done it as long as you, so um, you know about it. So
1: time management is really, really important. So making sure that you know you've had two years to practice, and I think there is absolutely no excuse for saying I ran out of time. Um, and you know you're up against other candidates that are in the same conditions as you so you're under pressure and timing can um, be something that slips under pressure but I think there's no there's no excuse you should be at home and you should be practicing until you get into that exam um, these questions these 10 markers these 20 markers and 30 markers and making sure that you start perhaps with those um, higher mark questions so if you do run out of time you run out of time on the four markers and six markers not the the
0: 30s yeah we've seen this a lot we've just done a mock not that long ago and uh, the amount of people who yep. ran out of time and so Same. as a result left a 30 mark question which is you know you only get is it 80 marks on the paper isn't it yep. something like that so you've, you've left basically nearly half of that paper yep. just by not answering that question yeah you've done some great like your full marker was mint in fact, you wrote, like, a paid for your full marker. Oh, my goodness me. Do you get this as well? It? Yeah. yeah. Um, so know the expectations of how much you need to write for each of these questions. Yeah. And as Leanne says, you know, stick to that. I always just say like 15 minutes for a 10, 30 minutes for a 20. And I mainly teach on paper too, so that's all I've got to worry about. I've only got yeah, to worry yeah. about 10s and 20s. Yeah. Um,
1: but, yeah, I think that's really important. Like you say, with the full markers, on our last mock, lots of kids... Wrote too much for the four markers mm. and the six markers. Really, you can write in bullet points for that. Yep. You can. And I would encourage the kids to also, and the students to put P E E and force themselves to write it as 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 that so three sentences maybe four sentences Mm -hmm. um and do it twice on a four marker and do it three times on a six marker there is no need for evaluation on four markers or six markers unless the question is asking you four two or three evaluation points so um yeah not writing too much on the four and sixes is something that we need to make sure they're aware of
0: She's good, isn't she? I'm going to have her back again. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, just a very quick note on uh, GCSE, because I have got some GCSE listeners. Hi, Brad, and uh, others uh, who are listening. I've only got a few of them, but they're, they're, they're great. Um, your paper for uh, WJC, the Educast GCSE paper, similar thing with you guys. You actually get a mark a minute in your paper, and your essays, you only get 15 minutes to write them. Now, bear in mind that your examiners know this. They are not expecting you to write... A huge amount okay if you can get between a page page and a half at GCSE and with that we're talking about an introduction three paragraphs and then a conclusion you are doing absolutely fine for that but I've said this to my year 11s and my year 10s go for those questions first because yeah, they're I've the ones my year 10s. they're the ones that get you the marks and I have to say like having marked for uh, GCSE exams last year the, the students who write good essays will get good marks. Yep. The students who do not write good essays do not get good marks overall, I would say. That's fair to say. Yep. Oh, God, it's me now again, isn't it? It is you. Oh, how's that happened? Uh, <laughs> what have we got to talk about? Not writing in structure? Not answering a question. We've actually done quite a long we? Not writing in the structure. So, Peel. Yeah. There is a reason that we teach Peel. I don't like it. It's not going to win you any you know, it's not gonna win you the Perlitzer Prize for literature, it's boring, it's formulaic, it's very scientific, but by God, does that not get you marks, right? So the ways in which we teach you, we do this because we love you and because we (laughs) want you to do well, and we know that the best way in which to do that is to write an appeal structure. I do not think anything less of you for writing in it. I don't think that you are amazing if you can write in flowery language and everything else. That's great, but we're not doing English literature. We are doing sociology, and it needs to be written, I suppose, in that formulaic structure, because that's what the examiners are looking for. And going back to that concept of a chain of reasoning, I sound like a broken record. I bore myself sometimes, (laughs) so God knows what the students think of me. But that chain of reasoning is so important, because if you don't do it, you are not going to get... What you need to do now. I think the other thing with this is uh, anything from you, Leanne on peel. But well, on
1: peel? Um, just making sure that obviously it is it is formulate like you say, but also that link um, can come in anywhere. Mm. I think it's just an ingredients for a good paragraph yeah. structure, and I think that's to you know bear that in mind that you know you might have them in slightly different order.
0: Um, yeah. As long as they're there. I always say, like, you know, the point would be the first thing. Obviously. Generally, the links, I would say, generally, the last thing, but it can come anywhere.
1: It can come throughout as well. They can link throughout.
0: Conflict. (laughs) (laughs) Conflict (laughs) in the presenters. I always think that, like, you're the E and the E, or the E, if you want, like the example, the explanation, the evidence, that yep. is all meshed up together, isn't Indeed, it? Indeed, really? yeah.
1: That's your chain of reasoning there, isn't
0: it? Um, those and steps. that's, your, that's your, the main bit of it. If you can do that, then essentially you're fine. But loads and loads of students, I think I've finally got this through to Year 13 about the benefit of linking in yeah. that you are actually, sometimes you can lose your thread a little bit and you yeah. lose sight of the question. So yeah. that link back, which seems forces like... a you. It's, it's, it does, it Forces you. It's forcing but it seems like a ball ache And lots of people think it's like... Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. It's my podcast, I can say one, can I? Um, it's a bit of a pain in the backside, and people don't like, oh, that's slightly more sort of PG-13, isn't it? Uh, it's a pain in the backside, because it takes all of 30 seconds to write that sentence yes. to say, as such, one way in which whatever it is you're talking about relates to the question is the thing I've just talked about, to show the examiner that yeah. you know it links But you're still in... on
1: target, and you've still got a good structure, and you're not wandering off.
0: Somewhere exactly, yeah, like to the toilet or whatever, <laughs> or in your mind, that's what In your reading, mind, that's right, yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to mention really quickly is I've marked a couple of methods essays recently, um, just through students sending them to me as like little presents, I suppose, that are always gratefully <laughs> Welcome received. To yeah, exactly. And um, I just want to reiterate the, the when you get a methods question, you may disagree with this, I don't know, uh, but to have in mind three letters or potentially seven letters, yeah, they would be. P-E-T, pet analysis, or P-E-R-V-E-R-T, pervert analysis, right? Because if you think about your methods in terms of their practical issues, that's the P, so thinking about things like cost, time, access, your ethical issues, that's your E, so it's like anonymity. Uh, Confidentiality, security, Uh. safety, all of that kind of stuff. Why why to withdraw? I always get my R's wrong on this podcast. Your right to withdraw. uh, And then your theoretical issues, which are essentially what kind of data are you going to get out of it? Is it going to be qual? Is it going to be quant? Are you looking at getting representative data, reliable data, valid data? And those things, reliability, representativeness and validity, are the extra bits in the pervert bit. The extra E's an example. I think they just ran out of room, didn't they? Yeah, but no, just to make
1: sure that when you make a point that if you can support it with evidence Mm. it's always strong
0: absolutely yeah so PE to practical ethical theoretical when you get a methods question think along those lines you won't go too far wrong start with theory start with a bit of theory yeah
1: start with your theory strengths and weaknesses and then go on to practical or ethical
0: I'm going to say that I don't know if what like I'm not like calling anyone out on this but I know for a fact that there are still students who do not know the difference between reliability and validity? And validity. Is that just my log? No, no,
1: it's no. a common mistake. It's a it? common
0: mistake. Um, please, please, please go and learn it because if you were to, well, you will get a methods question. Yeah. They're going to get a methods question exactly. and you can get methods in context and you might get another 10 marker on methods. If you know the difference between validity and reliability, it is incredibly. It's quite easy and it's incredibly yeah. good to write a paragraph on those two things because they're always going to be two factors affecting choice of methods or the type of data that you're going to get out or the data that you want and how usable that data is. Yeah. I'll leave the actual ins and outs of that for another day. Yeah. Yeah. We
1: can have a different podcast.
0: We then. can. Re- all about reliability and validity. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited already. <laughs> Let me at it.
1: Right, the next one I'm going to talk about is avoiding a th- tour of theories answers. So in essays, what often happens, if you don't have that 70-30 rule, kids will just simply write everything about... Every theory. So, say for instance, you have a question on feminism, and you've got to evaluate feminist contribution to understand a society. What tends to happen if students are not prepared is that they give a very brief, um, very brief couple of paragraphs on feminism, and then they go to functionalism, and then they go to Marxism, and then they go to postmodernism, and they just do a tour of the theories which demonstrates that you've got good knowledge of a wide range of theories, but it's not answering the question. So I would say you need 70% on feminism, whereby you you know, break down what feminism means. It's an umbrella term, and there's different types of feminists. So you should have paragraphs on radical, liberal, um, Marxist, difference, etc. And then your 30% will be on alternative theories. But again, alternative being you know, what do functionalists talk about that feminists ignore or uh, what do Marxists talk about that feminists don't perhaps pick up
0: on? I think Leanne's touched on a really important but a really, really good <laughs> <line-on laughs> point me. there um, in that when if you get a question on feminism, so many students just do write about it as a homogenous theory, as yeah. a homogenous perspective. If you don't know what homogenous means, it means all together and all under one umbrella, as Leanne put yeah. it in a far more eloquent way than me in my fancy words. Please, like, show analysis straight away by talking about the different types of feminism. Yeah,
1: say it's a loaded term.
0: Yeah, well, look at that. That's very there good, isn't go. it? I'm writing that one down. Um, <laughs> it's a loaded term, feminism. Yeah, good. I like that a lot. Um, right.
1: Well, I might as well do this one next. Yeah, I'm going to
0: say something on this as well. Um,
1: so we're talking about essays, and um, the last thing that I've got to really say is that when we do the 70-30 rule, um, make sure then if your conclusion is uh, gonna be decent, that you don't uh, add in any new information. What I tend to teach, and it might be different to you, I don't know, but in the introduction, they state what their answer is gonna be. And then throughout the Peel paragraphs, they should hint at least a couple of times. So often we use postmodernism as a conclusion. So whatever question comes up, you can often say, from a postmodern perspective, we need to take into consideration more than one reason for something happening or want more than one theory for explaining something. So if that's going to be in your answer and that's going to be in your conclusion, then don't leave it until the end of the essay to suddenly then come up and say, and postmodernists would say that we need to look at... Um, a variety of theories and bringing in the people like Leotard who says that there's been a death of meta narratives. That's great, but if you haven't alluded to that throughout, <laughs> then, then don't just pop it in because yeah. they don't want new information.
0: I would, say that I was, I would agree with that as well. Um, one of the questions I get asked a lot is how long does your conclusion need to be? What would be your... And I, I hate these questions as well, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot because Leanne now looks really frightened.
1: No, I'm not frightened. She's not
0: frightened. Not at all. Just at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, how, what would you say if a student I, said I, that to I, you?
1: Well, very quick. I would. I don't think you pick up many more marks for a conclusion. Mm. I think, going back to the impression management, the examiner, and certainly when i marked for AQA, um, if if you know, you kind of have it in your head where this person's going and what band you are going to put them into? But a conclusion, of course, does just complete the question. And I would say one to two sentences. Mm. I wouldn't say a massive paragraph. I think you're wasting your time. I would
0: agree with that as well. And I think that I've seen a lot of essays recently which have had really good introductions, really good conclusions, but they're unnecessary. They're completely unnecessary. And as a result, what winds me up, I think, as a teacher, is they've put... More effort into that introduction they have into their paragraphs, yeah. and they've lost that. Going back to what I said right at the start of this, uh, which now seems ages ago, uh, about you know making your paragraphs work as hard as you can for them, for you, for you, and to get you the marks because y- y- you might as well do that rather than writing a you know a massive meaty introduction because your introduction not going to get you any points really, yeah. is it? So um, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Blimey, we're done, aren't we? I think. Basically, we are. let's have a look at the time. What are we on? That like oh, you 31 told me. minutes, you said
1: 30 minutes at the start, and I said no problem. Excellent. I
0: can't normally do this, uh, to 30 minutes, I just keep talking, so maybe I need you all the time I to like do. rein me in a little bit. Okay. Um, right, so we're done, we're good, we're at the end of it, which has been really good. If you've made it this far, very well done to you. <laughs> uh, you, you've actually had to put up half of me today, but you've had uh, Leanne's lovely dulcet tones today to also <laughs> listen to and all. Um just quickly before we sign off, um, I'm going to do my usual thing, which is to basically ask people to support me and follow my Instagram, which is at All Sociology. Uh, go and have a listen to some of these other podcasts if you haven't already. Uh, you'll get lots of me talking and uh, not much for Leanne because it's the first one Leanne's doing, but do you reckon you'll come back and do another one? No. Oh,
1: bold. yeah, I will. Okay, great, excellent.
0: Good <laughs> you know, yeah, like, do you want to do a shout out to anyone? Do you want to big up your Twitter or anything like that?
1: Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter, which is at Soc. I nearly forgot. How it do then. you spell that? At, Soch, so at
0: C. Soc. C O P L E S T O N S O C. S O C.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's the, the Twitter account. My Instagram's just for my my kids. Oh just for moment. your kids is it? All right. Is that why
0: is that why I'm in Instagram purgatory and you haven't accepted my
1: request. <laughs> I fortunately like
0: me uh, but it kind of now makes all, all makes it's sense. All in house. Um, so yeah there we go that's brilliant. I hope everyone like has a good week. I'm probably going to do one of these, maybe before Christmas. Um, last week, I was let down by somebody who said they were going to do a podcast. But and they parent's evening. She did. She forgot she had parent's evening, so bless <laughs> her. And she's even actually given me some chocolates today, which is lovely. So I'm going to go and eat these. Uh, how are you spending your evening tonight? Are you doing much? Not a lot. Not a lot. Right. <laughs> she sounds, she's got loads going on. Um, <laughs>
1: I'm busy. Very
0: busy. I'm busy too. So we'll sign off for now. So uh, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Leanne.
1: Goodbye.
0: See you later. Bye.